Reignite on RTE Radio 1 with AIB. It takes a certain kind of brave to run a business. We see it, we back it. Reignite on RTE Radio 1 with AIB. It takes a certain kind of brave to run a business. At AIB, we're backing brave. You're listening to Reignite. I'm Onya Kerr. David Allen is an international best-selling author who is widely recognised as the world's leading expert on personal and organisational productivity, thanks largely to his Getting Things Done book. David, I imagine people are storing more and more ideas, tasks, worries, questions in their brains, possibly more than ever before because of the times we live in. But you believe our mind is made for having ideas, not holding them. Correct, yeah. And, you know, I discovered that 35 years ago, but now the cognitive scientists have basically validated that. Your brain didn't evolve to remember, remind, prioritize, or manage relationships between more than four things. They've proven that now. Otherwise, you start to diminish your cognitive process. So, yeah, your head needs to be empty, (laughs) as empty as you can get it. So you're ready for the surprises that have certainly shown up with the pandemic and the the lifestyle and business and work style changes that everybody has to go through these days. But how? (laughs) Because I think we're all guilty of having the same thought multiple times over late at night lying in bed. And that's when you can't do anything about it. That's really stupid. Your brain doesn't actually have a brain. If it did, it would only remind you of stuff when you could do something about it. You know, so... (laughs) <laughs> it's, it, it, it's just a mechanical process, frankly. Uh, it's pretty subtle, but it is mechanical once you get it. Yeah, there's a discipline to it. And I know late at night, people will think sometimes about worst case scenarios. And that's a principle that you believe in is to actually sit down and do your worst case scenario building. And how did you approach lockdown and, and COVID and, and go through that process for even you and your business? pretty simple uh, because a whole lot of my business is dependent upon a licensee network that I have around the world that deliver live training and coaching of the getting things done, the GTD process. So obviously their businesses suddenly were crashing and burning out there in terms of uh, all that stuff being canceled. So uh, my wife and I, you know, who works with me in the business, I sat down and took a spreadsheet and said, okay, let me just run through the worst case scenario in terms of money. What would happen if things really crashed and burned? And I looked at it and I said, could we tolerate it? And uh, yeah, I said, yeah, you know, a certain length of time we could, we could manage that. So, uh, and I think that's critical to do. It's, uh, there's a great book, by the way, by uh, a guy named Oliver Berkman called uh, The Antidote, which is happiness for people who can't stand positive thinking, which I think is a great, a great subtitle. And it's actually a funny book, but a lot of it has to do with acceptance of current reality, not that you need to affirm current reality. You know, in your previous uh, few comments that I heard as we, uh, we were coming online, of course, you want to be focused on the positive stuff. You don't want to dwell on negative thinking, but you also don't want to ignore possibilities that might not be comfortable or might be, you know, very uncomfortable. And you need to do it because if you don't, your brain will keep running through that. You'll still be afraid of it. The way out is through. You need to go through those thoughts and then, you know, leave them where they need to be, make whatever decisions you might need to make in terms of contingencies, and then keep focused on the bright future. You know, that's possibility, but you need to be ready for it and not try to ignore it. What you resist, you're stuck with. 
It sounds like a great process, as you say, to find your way through it and find that positivity by asking the question, what is the worst that could happen? But I imagine a lot of people listening will feel overwhelmed today by the number of things that is on their to-do list, you know, and matching the process to an action. And you believe in this idea of a positive sense of relaxed control to experience mind like water. And I sense you're a very organised person. What does it mean to live, you know, and experience mind like water? And does it leave any room? for spontaneity uh, I came up with it because I'm a <laughs> I like spontaneity my lifestyle is you know uh, if people meet me they say god I didn't realize that I was nearly as crazy and spontaneous and silly as I am I like that I like the freedom to do that I just discovered that if you if you have not handled the best practices about clearing your head keeping track of all your commitments clarifying exactly what they are and renegotiating them regularly with yourself you don't have the freedom to be spontaneous. You know, so, it's kind of like, uh, it kind of like, I think it was Picasso or somebody like that said, inspiration is for amateurs. You know, so, but, so, like, but, come on, <laughs> so, butt, butt in chair, boot computer, get to work. <laughs> so the, the trade-off of getting supremely organized is actually you can be more spontaneous. That is a note to self for sure. But I think we probably are all guilty of the excuse sometimes if there are only more hours in the day. But you would argue, I think, it is not about time. That is not the excuse for an inability to get things done. It's a lack of something else. What is that something else when we find ourselves bemoaning the lack of time? Space in your head. How much time does it take uh, on you to have a, a good idea? Well, a Zero. second. <laughs> how, much, how much time? How, it doesn't even take a second. Mm. How much time does it take to be loving and present, tucking your kids into bed? Zero. How much time does it take to be creative or innovative or strategic? Those don't require time, and yet most people would say those are some of the golden goodies of life, being creative, strategic, loving, and present, all that good stuff, but they don't require time. You could have two hours, you could have two extra hours and still never have a creative or innovative or loving or present idea because you're wrapped up around all the stuff you're not managing well. And is that because we see control all the time and need to kind of take back control of our time, our priorities, our routines, our habits? In a way, I, you know, control, I don't use control like control the weather, come on, look outside, <laughs> or control your boss or control your kid, good luck. I'm talking about control, like having something under control, like mm-hmm. your car or your desk or a meeting or your head. And having something under control means that I'm not distracted by instabilities that bother me. I, you know, I need, to, I need to get enough space and enough control in a sense that I can focus meaningfully on what I want to focus on, whether that's something strategic or something fun or whatever is most important to you. It's about creating a meaningful space to have a meaningful focus on whatever that is. It could be taking a nap. It could be writing a new business plan. It could be figuring out what the heck to do with now that I have to work at home and what I'm going to do with my kids and school and all that stuff that right now probably people have as, as projects. Though, as I say, and I know this is hard news for a lot of people, there are no problems. There are only projects. You only call something a problem if you assume that it could or should be better or different than it is. But you, call, you still remain with it a problem if you're not in the driver's seat or engaged to either research whether you can change it or not or moving on making the change that you want to have happen. So it might be hard news, but it's, it's really the truth. David, if, you play, if, you're, if you're playing the problem game, then you're playing the victim role. 
and core to then getting things under control as part of your getting things done mantra and book is a brilliantly simple concept. And I know people who've read all 300 odd pages and come back to this insight around the two minute rule. Can you outline what that is for us? Sure. It's a simple efficiency factor. Once you come up with the very next thing you need to do about anything, personal, professional, doesn't matter. Once you decide what the next action is, if you can actually complete that action where you are in less than two minutes, it would take you longer to track it and remind yourself about it than to finish it. And you'd be amazed how many two-minute things there actually are. Anybody listening or watching this right now, just walk around your, your flat or where you live and find how many things you could actually fix or finish or handle or take care of in two minutes. Change that light bulb. Jeez. You know, <laughs> go, 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 go spray WD-40 on that squeaking door. You know, come on. There's so many things around you that you can actually finish in two minutes. And you'd be surprised, even some of your most strategic and, and quote, important things have a less than two-minute action. It's just the problem a lot of people have is they haven't figured out the next action on this stuff. If you haven't figured out the next action, you have no, no idea how long that action will take. So it, you tend yeah, to freak, it, freak it, yourself out by all the possibilities uh, you know, of what it's going to take to do it perfectly. You need to finish your thinking and get it down to the very next step on any of these things. Yeah, so it's constantly decluttering your brain as soon as something is coming up. If it meets the two-minute rule, you just go and do it. And within all of that, then, you have a five-step routine for people to sort through. And I'm guilty of multiple to-do lists living in lots of different places and desperately need to streamline it. That is one of the starting principles for you is getting your emails to inbox zero, but capturing everything into one place. Well, you capture it wherever you need to capture it, but you don't. You just don't want it to leak after you get it out of your head. When you write it down, don't put it in sixty-three stacks. Put it in your one entry. You know, and you might need to keep an, an electronic in basket. Obviously, your email and any social media stuff you're getting is an electronic in basket, so you don't need to print those out. But you need to then address those. So you know, most people can get it down to three, four, or five input places. That includes your your physical mailbox where you live. That's an in basket. So all those things, you just need to make sure that you, that that stuff gets out of your head into those places, and then those buckets need to go through steps two and three, which is you know clarify what's in there. Is it junk mail? Is it references? Is it something I need to move on? What's the next step I need to take about any of this stuff? And then organize that in some sort of trusted system. So that's really, I didn't make this up. I mean, this is <laughs> I just identified. If you're going to get your kitchen under control, that's what you do. You notice you capture what's off. You then clarify, you know, what you, what this is. Oh, that's a dirty dish. That's a clean dish. This is spices. And then you organize all of that so that you have guests coming over. You, you, know, you then organize it and cook. I, that's how you get your kitchen under control. Is how you get a company under control. Is how you get your consciousness under control. Just most people don't adhere to those best practices for those five steps. They don't capture everything. They don't clarify what they're going to do about the stuff they have captured. They don't organize stuff into a trusted system that their brain trusts that they can let go and then see the right thing at the right time. And they don't review it, even if they did all that. And they know they're not looking at their calendar or their diary. And they're not looking at their list. They're not looking at their list of projects or strategies. Then it all crawls back up in their head and it's a confused mess because your head is just a crappy office. And that's where most people live is, you know, keep trying to manage their life that way as opposed to building a nice trusted external brain. And it doesn't have to be that complex. It needs to be as complex as your life is in order to simplify it. 
Okay, so capture, clarify, organize is going to be my new uh, mantra of the day. But I imagine a lot of people listening will ask the question, but how do I know that what I'm doing is what I ought to be doing at any point in time? What do you say to them? I say, uh, are you present with what you're doing? Hmm. If it is, that's probably the thing to be doing. See, to, the, here's a big secret, and you know, only share this with the smart people listening. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> getting things done is not so much about getting things done, so much as it's being appropriately engaged with all your commitments in life, so you can be present with whatever you're doing. Being present is the best way to hit a golf ball, best way to cook spaghetti, best way to create a plan, best you know, having no distractions, but having your brain and your cognitive abilities free and clear to focus appropriately on the meaningful stuff. That's really what this is all about. That's how I got into this 35 years ago, because I'd gotten used to what it was like to have clear space in my head through spiritual and meditative practices and getting a black belt in the martial arts. A lot of that teaches you how to be really clear because you don't, if four people attack you in a dark alley, you don't want 2000 unprocessed emails somehow hanging around your psyche. You (laughs) You need to be as clear as you can be so you can deal with surprise appropriately. So this is definitely a way for organising our life. They have five uh, routines, the two-minute rule. What about the stuff, though, that feels futuristic, feels long-term? It's the someday, maybe. What do you say to people who, yeah, they get the getting things done here in the now, but where is the space then for the creative thinking, the future piece? Well, if you're really getting things done, if you really apply this methodology, you'll see you cannot help but think in a creative way about your future. See, we're, we're teleological beings. You can't help it. You're, you're still going to be focused on something, on doing something, engaging in something, putting your attention somewhere. You can't stop. Even if you meditate, that's an active process. Even when you sleep, that's an active process. So you can't stop you know, being an active person toward some sort of a result, some sort of experience in that way. And once you get really clear It's almost like in a helium balloon, you kind of naturally lift up and it's a lot easier to think about, you know, where you want to be, what the vision is of career and lifestyle, you know, in the future just becomes much easier to do that. If you're trying to focus on the future, but your day to day is out of control, good luck. You're just going to create guilt and frustration. Some people should not set goals. They need to clean their bathroom. (laughs) Very good. On those wise words, uh, David Allen, author of Getting Things Done. You can check out some of his free resources on gettingthingsdone.com.